Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Last week, I talked about the holidays and the ideals and what do you want from it. And I said that I'd be talking about the vulnerability of white space. So here we are. So I want to get clear about vulnerability. I've said it many, many times. According to Brene Brown, the definition of vulnerability is emotional exposure, uncertainty, and risk. I think of that as a formula, and then that reminds me of like, oh, this doesn't feel good. It's like, okay, is there emotional exposure? Yes, right? For that, for many of you, that may be enough to be really uncomfortable to have emotions, especially when maybe you were told growing up that you were too emotional and you were criticized for that, or maybe being a female in leadership, and well, women just can't be emotional in leadership, right? So then you're saying, well, Corinne, why do you want me to lean into vulnerability? Vulnerability, my friend, is the pathway to wholehearted living. It is the pathway to meaningful work, for meaningful connections. It is the pathway to letting go of perfection and being compassionate with ourselves and loving ourselves, being our own best friend. So for those of you who live in California, I think of vulnerability as Interstate 5, right? If you want to go from Northern California to Southern California, it's a long drive, but the fastest way there, if you're driving, is Interstate 5. And there's a lot of agriculture, so there's a lot of cows, <laughs> there are a lot of cow barns, and there's a lot of manure piles. So it's not a smelly drive and it's not a beautiful drive in the sense that you're overlooking the Pacific Ocean. But if you take Pacific Coast Highway, which we've seen in the movies and seen on television, you drive along that coast to Monterey, I have no idea how long it would take, maybe double the time. So vulnerability is that pathway to what we want, except we think that there's another way that we can get there. And vulnerability, my dear, is the path. Now, white space is something that I find my clients, myself, society, like we, we talk about this, right? Having downtime, retiring, working less, having a more quote, balanced life, right? White space. We want this white space. We hunger for it. And then especially during the holidays, we want, you know, the world starts to ramp down. And if you live in the States, the world starts to ramp down about mid-November through the holidays. It just, there's a kind of a slowdown. And then there's the tension of those who work a lot and those who slow down or who have the privilege to slow down. But white space is really vulnerable in this fast moving world, right? Where we're always connected, where somebody can get a hold of us because we have a device typically in our pocket or in our hand where they can reach us or that we can tap into worlds through social media, through virtual worlds and consume more information or see more stuff in a taking away our attention and awareness of where we are right now. So there's tremendous vulnerability in white space. And I've walked many clients through this. I've had to learn how to be comfortable in it. I used to work seven days a week and it was kind of heroic 
you know, like, look at me, look at how tough I am. You know, I run multiple businesses. I work seven days a week. It's that bravado, that hustle culture. And Jada and I talked about it a few weeks ago in a previous show. But white space and becoming more comfortable is a shit show, my friend. But to be on this side of it, there's so much beauty. And so as I've practiced it over the years and I've walked clients through it, they are able to develop it where they can enjoy it. But let's step back for a second. So because of course the idea is, man, if we had white space, life would be so much better, right? Our stress would be reduced. <laughs> We'd be the better mother that we always wanted to be. We'd be a better partner. We'd be that ideal best self, right? Which is really close to perfection. Here's the thing. While we long for time to relax, to take care of ourselves, right? To read the book, to spend time with friends or loved ones, we are in conflict when it does arrive, right? We are in constant conflict when it does arrive. And so maybe during this time right now in the holidays, you're noticing that, right? You're noticing the uncomfortableness of having this downtime. And what do you do? And struggling with, oh no, your brain is telling you all kinds of stuff, right? Because when we have the space for ourselves, that means you get to be there and be aware and have attention towards your brain. And a mismanaged brain is a total shit show in the waiting, right? Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. What's wrong with you? Judging you, comparing you, saying that you're not spending your white space time good enough, productive enough. You should be doing more. And that shame gremlin is going and going and it's finally has your attention because you have white space and you may not know how to deal with this other than being busy, right? That's one alternative is we create massive to-do lists. So in our brains or maybe on actual paper, because we're in this white space, we're like, oh no, hell no, this is too much. So let me like get really busy because that's your go-to strategy. You know how to be busy. You know how to go through this instead of being. And you put down this list on actual paper. And often we're awful project managers of our own lives because we're both like Cinderella and the stepmother, the evil stepmother all at the same time, right? And once we get these massive to-do lists done, then we can go back to that vision of relaxing, taking care of ourselves, reading one of the many books and the multiple stacks throughout our homes, spending time with family and friends and loved ones. But it's a way to push off that white space instead of really getting in to the root of the issue. It seems intuitive because it's been your survival skill set, right? And you've practiced it for so long is you may find conflicts. Maybe it's the starting of a fight, right? We're really good at that. We're seeking drama. Maybe it's the starting of a fight. Maybe it's to support the family drama and those who are getting hurt, right? And thinking like, oh, I'm being really good because I'm going to go and show up and help these poor people, right? Maybe it's supporting a friend or you were going through suffering. So finding conflicts to fill your time to distract you from your own brain. I am not judging you. I have done all of these, right? My clients do these. And when we can create this awareness and realize we're doing this and it's getting in the way of our own nourishment, 
of this white space, which is really, really needed. Having downtime is so, so important. So I'm not judging you. So if you're starting to get like the hairs creep up on the back of your neck, remember you're not alone, right? The more that we can see it and be aware of it, then we can work on building the skill sets, building the muscle so that we can become comfortable in this white space and really enjoy it. The other option that some of us do is work during this white space. We long for this white space. We want to have it. We're so excited about the holidays, but then we work. We either go into our home office, which many of us have, especially now after, you know, the pandemic. And we're we're saying, well, you know, there's, there are these deadlines and, you know, so-and-so is incompetent. So therefore I had to go into the back into the office. Does that sound familiar? Right. These are the things that we do to avoid the uncomfortableness of white space. But white space is really important. And I want to talk about this for a moment. If you're an athlete, right, we think it's like, oh, we must go hard. We got to work really hard, you know, and we love that grit and like, like how tough I am. But here's the thing. And maybe I'll let you in on a little secret, right? Swimming's a, a really tough sport. So I've got that work really hard, you know, really ingrained in my brain. And I've had to unlearn stuff because of the diminishing returns. So learning and unlearning. I know how to work hard, right? And swimming is a hardworking sport. Here's the thing. In a two-hour practice, it's not all hard work. And maybe you don't know that, but there's the warm-up. And my favorite is the warm-down. I loved really good warm-down. I could go really, really slow. I really embraced it. That's my favorite part because I did my work. I didn't have to have any more vulnerability, anxiety about what was going to be practiced. Was I going to die? Right. I remember that so vividly and it was in a different century. It was in the nineties. Right. But I loved warm down. And then even throughout between the warm up and the warm down, there's different types of sets. There's the drills to work on stroke techniques. So it's not physically hard. It may be mentally challenging. There's maybe a couple laps easy in between some of the training laps. Then there's periods, training blocks of, you know, it can be 18 minutes, 24 minutes, 36 minutes on rare occasion, an hour where you're doing a training block at a pretty high heart rate doing threshold or VO2 max. There is still rest in between it, right? So we have this illusion of like, wow, these athletes, everything that they do, the moment they step on the field, the moment they get in the pool, they're working really, really hard. No, there's an ebb and flow through their practice. My question for you, my friend, is there that ebb and flow in your life? If you have white space, whether it's the holidays, a weekend, evening time, lunchtime during the day over a work week, do you allow that ebb and flow? And this is why white space is so important. Elite athletes have white space and they get comfortable with it. And that's how they're able to train at high levels. So this is why white space is so, so important for us, right? We can't think that we can, we're just the energizer bunny that keeps on going and going and going. White space is a really valuable skill set. When we don't have it, we have diminishing returns in our work, in our relationships, and in our own personal health. So the solution to this avoidance of the vulnerability of white space is no, that white space is uncomfortable. And especially for those of you who are high achievers, 
And yes, that's you. If you're here learning for a better way, you're a high achiever. You want something better. You have a desire, a hunger, right? You're, you're probably really hard on yourself. You're keeping yourself really busy. You're a high achiever. You probably go into the overachieve quite often, even if you may not see it. But so for those of you who are high achiever, who spend years, decades being productive, getting things done, being filled to the rim on your own schedule, learning this new skill set of leaning into white space is like building a muscle. And think about it. Like I think about going in the weight room. It can be painful to do that lift. You're like, right? There's some growling. There's some grunting. It can be really painful to build that muscle, but it's pretty darn fantastic to have the muscle once you go through the pain, right? And then there's the maintenance to maintain the muscle. But like when you can feel strong and you can, you can hold your posture or you can lift something, it feels really good. It just sucks in the making of it. So allow it to suck in the making of becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable of white space. The other thing is instead of avoiding the shame gremlins in your life, instead of avoiding the critic in your brain, it's time to remove them from the driver's seat and learn to manage your mindset. Your brain is always there with you, right? It's learning how to manage it. And that, my friend, is a skill set that we can manage. We have all this magical thinking that if we could just get everybody else to behave according to our script, then we would be fine. That's way harder to do, get other people to do what you want. And that's about controlling others and people don't want to be controlled. It's exhausting to try to control others. But man, if we manage our mindset hard at first, but it's a beautiful thing. It actually leads me to a new favorite word of mine, which is equanimity, which is a mental calmness and composure and evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation. And true equanimity is a balanced engagement with all aspects of life. It's not a withdrawal. It is opening to the whole of life with composure and ease of mind, accepting the beautiful and terrifying nature of all things. As I go into 2023, this is the state that I am going to be seeking and reminding myself and focusing on. There's going to be shit shows. There's going to be all of it, right? But it being able to be in this mental calmness and composure and allowing for the space to have tears, right? I'm not saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to shut down the emotions, but equanimity is my, I love this word. I love the state of being, and this is going to be my focus for 2023. So you can get there by managing your mindset, right? By understanding what are the stories that we're telling ourselves. Here's the thing. We are storytelling creatures. That's what humans are. Storytelling creatures, our brains have this ability, right? Think about it. We love stories, movies, television, books, music's all about storytelling. The gossip at work, (laughs) it's just like our underbellies. We don't, we're not proud of it, but the gossip at work, right? Or with friends or with family. And while we may be able to discern fiction from nonfiction and tabloid gossip to what's real, we have less discernment regarding our own mindset. Oftentimes we think, oh, it's in our brain. It must be true. I'm going to die. It must be true. 
I'm a loser from loser straight. It must be true, right? Like that was a long time limiting belief. For those of you who've been around a long time, I share that often in the show is I had a limiting belief. I'm a loser, which to those in my life, they would look at me once I finally identified that was a limiting belief. It was a story. When I started identifying, sharing with others, my friends would like turn their head and look at me like, you, you're a loser. Like that doesn't make sense. That's not who we see. So it wasn't my way of being in the world, but it was that shame gremlin inside of me. And then when I would go to that, how I would show up in my life, how I would be, and I'd often cut out my own dreams. So having the discernment, because as we understand that we are storytelling creatures, what's important then is to learn to manage your mind with attention and awareness. And that, my friend, is the beauty of white space. Instead of getting busy, instead of going into drama, instead of going off to work, my invitation for you is to lean into this white space and to notice with compassion what your brain is saying, right? Like I shared with you, one was when I finally could identify this is a story I didn't know for a really long time. I wasn't even aware of it. I was so busy. I was so busy surviving. I was so busy trying to figure out how to overcome being this poor girl, right? Literally poor girl and how to create an adult life and how to, you know, get a job and how to raise a family. For so long, I was surviving. I didn't have the white space to even realize that I had this limiting belief of, Corinne, you're a loser from loser street. Who the hell do you think you are to want X? right? That was always in the back of my head. Corinne, you're a loser from loser straight. It's not possible for you to be a fast swimmer. That was in my brain when I turned like 12 years old and I was a pretty fast age group swimmer. But then what started to happen is I gave up on myself, right? And I stayed in the sport because there were cute boys and speedos, but I gave up on myself and I was in that just awful land of having pity for myself. This is impossible for me. I'm not special enough. And the results produce that. And it wasn't until I decided like, hey, I want something different. And I was willing to be a bit brave and vulnerable and pursue what I wanted that my swimming trajectory changed, right? That's an example of how we do human behavior in all arenas of our lives. I didn't, one, I was in high school. I didn't have the awareness or I was a teenager. There wasn't any talk about stories or mindset back in the 80s right? It was often said, oh, that you get in your own way, or you just, you just need to be able to do it, like do it. What was all these invisible things? My friend, it's managing the mindset. I've had tons of experts come on. Carol Dweck has been on about mindset. She was like, you just change your thought. I'm like, how do you change your thought? Well, I know how to do that now, right? And this is what I help people with. It is learnable. It's like learning how to swim. Learning how to swim is learnable. Even if you've had near drownings, you can learn how to swim. You can learn how to manage your mind. So remember, while learning how to manage your mind, your brain has a very, very important job to do. And it's to keep you alive. It's really important. So when we grow up with surviving and we've really learned how to survive, our brain is on fire and it's like, oh, let me just keep you small. Let me tell you you're a loser. Let me tell you it's not possible for you because I don't want you to fall down. I don't want you you know, to die, right? Theoretically die. So your brain 
tells you these stories to keep you safe, maybe to keep you safe from emotional exposure. One of the family of origin things that I was raised with was it was the code of you never lose face, never let people know how poor we really are. You know, never let people know what really goes on inside of our homes, right? So that losing face, emotional exposure, right? I learned how not to be vulnerable growing up and to be resilient, to be tough, to work really hard. And remember what I said at the start of the show, vulnerability is the pathway to meaningful work and meaningful connections. So it's typically what we want here, but it's the very path that we don't want to take. So while your brain has an important job to do, and we've been culturally programmed to survive and are less comfortable with thriving, there is a way through all of this. Meet your brain with compassion and empathy. Create awareness, create the space in the space of white space where it's so vulnerable. Give yourself some space of attention and awareness. It doesn't mean that you need to go down to the nitty gritty root of the problem because you may be like, I don't have the capacity to handle all of that vulnerability. I get that. You can start small, start at the surface level and work down and meet your brain with compassion and empathy because compassion and empathy they will take care of you, right? There's compassion is, I think of it as kind of like this, is it a space shield? It's that, you know, like when, I don't know, Star Trek or any of those space shows, but like they give you kind of like this thing that goes around you, right? That's what compassion is. Like if I put compassion around me, I can protect myself in love. So meet yourself with compassion and empathy, And then question, what is fact, quote, nonfiction, and what is a damn scary story that is full of fiction in your brain, maybe even the tabloids in your brain, right? That's really what's important. And then remind yourself of what is actually true. You have that power, not telling yourself lies, but remind yourself of what is actually true. So learning to manage your mindset and our brains are fascinating. And it actually takes way less energy and depletion than staying so busy and not being able to enjoy this one precious life you have today. For those of you who want more guided help during this time of white space, we have a short course that teaches you to manage your mindset so you can feel grounded confidence. And it's that feeling of, I've got this. And you are so rooted that you can handle the high winds and the storms, just like a solid oak does. There's a link in the show notes for this course, Grounded Confidence. And for those of you who are subscribers to our newsletter, make sure to check out your newsletter for a special offer on the Grounded Confidence course. My hope for you, my invitation for you, is that you can become comfortable in this white space, in the vulnerability of white space, so you can enjoy this one precious life that we have. I'm spelling big for you, my friend. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show 
and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude and that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.